This is MPN. Hello, welcome to MPN. Very excited to be here doing this podcast for you. Um, this is a new show, a new type of show that I've been wanting to do for a while now. I've had this idea kind of kicking around in my brain probably since like... I don't know, the new year, maybe, maybe even a little bit before then. I think I talked about it like New Year's Eve or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an idea I had called Build a Film. And what you're going to hear tonight is you're going to hear a movie uh, I, I talked about that has never been made or filmed or maybe at this point never really will be made. But <laughs> what we wanted to do <laughs> is take a genre and build it from the ground up what is your ideal movie in this particular genre and so coming along with me on this ride for this very first episode we're going to try it out maybe work out a little bit of the kinks but i kind of wanted to at least get one out there in the world and see how people react to it and see how people uh how how they like it so because she was there at the gestation of the idea and because she's also my wife and also the namesake of the mccarran podcast work uh i'll introduce Casey McCarran. Casey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So this came along with us watching TV one night as we do, something on cable, and we started watching American Pie. And I started to notice immediately the music, the fashion, the actors, the plot, really. Everything was kind of coming together. And it just in my brain, it, I went, this is just like the perfect 90s movie. Like, this is just a movie that is just dripping 90s. And that gave me the idea to go, hey, maybe there are other movies that I can think about, other genres we can build films and say, what is the ideal film in this particular genre? And so I thought that was a really interesting idea. And I thought that it lended itself really well to a podcast discussion. And so... Here we are. Do you want to discuss, tell us all about what this first (laughs) episode is going to be about? Well, this, because of that, is going to be 90s teen comedy. So we're going to build our, like, dream 90s teen comedy. And I think in the future, you'll probably bring people on as they kind of, you know, have a love for a particular type of genre um, that speaks to them and they'll talk about that. But since, you know, this came about because we were flipping through channels and American Pie was on, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is the, this is the starter. Yeah. And I think it should, I think it, it, it's just complicated enough, but it's just specific enough to where you can really narrow in or n- n- nail down specific things that are hallmarks to this particular genre yes it's very specific it's a very specific genre where other things you know you might be able to um be more creative and you know have like a a broader sense yes of, of, get to of do other things is. with it this is yeah. more specific but that way you know it also feels very 90s there's definitely things mm. that you can um yeah and so i think in the future as we go because there's more and more i mean there's a million different genres out there subgenres of different genres mm-hmm. uh, i think there's a lot of opportunity out there to have we have some more guests lined up for different shows i think it could also lend itself to being and having like an interview format where you speak with a person and they build an ideal film 
for them as if a studio went up to them and said hey we're building a movie specifically for you casey that appeals to only you what would be a part of that film and so you can really get a sense of what people like and to sort of talk about themselves a little bit and so that's kind of what we're trying to do but i guess a little mm-hmm. bit with this one but then um, i think you could take it a lot of different places so yeah. so we're really excited to bring it to you i'm really excited to bring it to you and uh, i think we could just kind of get it going i think the foundation of any film and specifically with this particular genre would probably lie with the writer and director so we have each picked a writer and director for our 90s teen comedy and for me specifically so kicking it off the ideal 90s teen comedy is written and directed by cameron crow <laughs> okay um, all right now i should also mention that casey and i do not know what the other film is from the other person <laughs> so i don't know who her writer director is i don't know what her plot is i don't know anything about yeah it. no this is gonna be fun so this is the first time we're hearing of of, of both of these here yeah so my writer director is cameron crow and when we hear the plot of the movie coming up next uh, there's going to be a reason for that, and it's all going to kind of tie together. So Cameron Crowe, writer-director, Casey. So um, I had a real struggle um, to figure out my writer-director because a lot of um, 90s teen comedies are done by different directors and different writers and a lot of people that you probably haven't haven't heard of and stuff like that. So it, it can be harder to, to nail down um, – like names that you would recognize and stuff. They're um, sort of named like director for hire, basically. Like you have a few, maybe a few stars, you have an idea, and then they just go, oh, somebody that just can sort of throw it all together. It's yeah. not like you're seeing your – They're not household names. Yeah, you're not things. seeing these big-name directors trying yeah. to put together these 90s teen comedies. Yeah. So I I struggled because even with like the ones that I picked out, you probably don't know all the people that, you know, directed them or wrote them and stuff. Like some that influenced, like that were really important to me – um, Empire Records. I love Empire mm-hmm. Records. Um, Mall Rats, Crybaby, Clueless, Ten Things I Hate About You, Can't Hardly Wait, Reality Bites. A nice list. Yeah. So like those. I mean, you know, I I watched them all. I didn't go out. I didn't. I didn't do what these kids did. Mm-hmm. I just I stayed home and watched these movies since I lived in the middle of nowhere, and uh, I had no brothers and sisters. But I kept busy. Mm-hmm. You know, I always like to to have a project. And um, eating bread and watching these movies counts as a project. <laughs> I did a lot of stuff. I wallpapered my wall. I used to cut out um, like magazines. I had a ton of magazines. And so I would take like an X-Acto knife. I wanted very clean lines for like a perfect page. And I basically just made like a huge grid on my wall of like different like magazine cutouts. So I would do that with um, – whether it was like Skecher shoes mm-hmm. or hard candy nail polish or like different articles and pictures from like celebrities and stuff like that. And I would just have to do this like a giant puzzle that I just did mm-hmm. um, all on my wall and stuff. So it's like, you know, I just would keep myself busy with different things and I would, you know, do that and stuff. So, so would you have these movies on in the background? Is that yes. what? Oh, okay. So yes. you would do these things and so you absorb them. While yeah, you were they doing would all just this work. they would just be on. That's why okay. I always have the TV on, no matter no matter what. While we're home, and I can just you know do that, and it's like, oh, I'm gonna clean. Well, I'm gonna put on something while I clean and mm-hmm. stuff. So okay, so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't active watching, not maybe not all the time. No, like I I mean I would watch them you know originally, but then everything after that, um, I would just you know put on while I 
did stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it was a struggle since uh, they're written and directed by different people. And, but this um, is your ideal one. You can have anybody right? do it. And, so. like, I, I had really thought about one person um, who was numb. Like, like my, my movie kind of takes place in, like, 1995. I kind of use that as my jumping off point for all of my actors to try to get, like, an age down to kind of, like, try to relate it to everything like that. So my movie generally takes place in 1995. And in 1995, a particular person who I had wanted to pick was nominated for Toy Story. And he made a series about a teenager who was a vampire slayer. Mm. He was nominated for an Emmy for that show. Um, Great with an ensemble cast and, um, you know, a good writer-director. And I had wanted to pick him, and then I um, went a different way. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So I went through several people, and it was hard to kind of nail something down. Um, But in the end, uh, for my movie, most of stuff takes place kind of like in the 90s and is relevant like to the 90s, but this one is not. So my my dream writer-director did not make films in the 90s, um, but my person is Ryan Johnson as my writer and director. Yeah, I love that. So, yes, and I, he did Brick, which, is, you know, takes place in high school and is all about teenagers, um, like a good ensemble cast of people, um, and he did The Brothers Bloom, which is, you know, light and funny um, and whimsical, and so I thought that that could work, you know, that maybe you feel like it's a little bit different, but maybe we can make it work within the, you know, teen comedies and um, yeah, and he's also made Looper, and uh, he's going to make the new Star Wars movie, so that should be fun. So he is my pick for my writer and director of a my very, 90s, teen, 90s teen comedy. A very well-rounded filmmaker. Yes. So I think that that is a very solid pick because that does then open up really any plot or any storyline that you want to go with because he's done so much in the sci-fi genre. He's and done the, very and different. Whimsical, all this stuff. Yes. So, Okay, great. So the thought process behind Cameron Crowe for me sort of ties in with the general overview plot for our for my movie. Uh, and the overview, the, the general plot for my movie, it revolves around a high school baseball team. Uh, it's a 90s teen comedy about a high school baseball team. It's a slash coming-of-age tale sort of about camaraderie within baseball and finding yourself in high school and finding yourself as a baseball player and sort of all these things mixing together and Cameron Crowe to me does coming of age just about as well as anybody yes he does so that's kind of why I wanted him to take the reins of this particular story and I mean I played baseball growing up Uh, I played all the way up until my senior year of high school and I love baseball movies, and some of my favorite baseball movies include lots of scenes with the team. And the better that they can grasp the clubhouse feel and the feeling that base- what, what baseball players say and how they talk, um, I'm talking about movies like Major League or Bull Durham or even more recently Everybody Wants Some. It's sort of a if you've been part of this weird club of baseball players, you really sort of understand a little bit better where these movies are coming from. 
and what they're doing really well. So sort of what I did is I looked at the landscape of 90s baseball movies for kids, and those are the ones that I enjoyed when I was growing up. Rookie of the Year, Little Big League, um, Angels in the Outfield, outfield. yep, of course, The Sandlot, who could forget The Sandlot, and those were great when I was a kid. I mean, I saw a lot of those movies in the theater. I owned a lot of those movies. I'd watch them when they're on cable and when they're on TV. But I think that there isn't, there's a sort of a market inefficiency with high school baseball because there is something, and I experienced this, there is something sort of weird with the, everybody's kind of going through puberty and we're all sort of like these weird beings sort of bumping into each other and we don't really understand our Mm -hmm. bodies are growing and all this weird stuff and you're trying to play sports throughout this whole entire process. Um, And so for me, Setting it in high school, like a lot of the 90s teen comedies, it's not going to be a gross-out comedy. It's not going to be a real hard R or anything like that. But I feel like Cameron Crowe could really bring out a lot of the nuance in baseball. I think that's a good idea because a lot of like baseball movies are either like kids' films, so it's you're following kids playing baseball, or it's like you know people that are playing professionally. There aren't a lot of like high school movies. in high school. Like football is the sport. So I think that baseball being like the sport that you play in high school is different, and that's a good take on it. Yeah, and I think that it could it, it there is a certain element of friendship and camaraderie because it's a smaller team than a football team. You know, mm-hmm. there's nine of you on the baseball field. There's maybe twenty some of you guys that are actually on a team, maybe less, and so you're just hanging out with these guys, just doing baseball stuff for six months out of the year and you're going to games and talking about girls okay so what is your plot you 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 well, hinted mine's complicated. at this mine's hinted complicated it. and it breaks into everything like do you want to talk about your other characters that you have in it like no. do you, you don't want to you don't want to talk about okay you want to come back to that yeah, like we'll come who back you're, to it. Yeah. okay because mine it's just sort of like all together like That's mine fine. is Mine is broken up into the groups. Okay, so Do we'll it, come and then we'll come back and then we can talk. We'll come about back my, to whoever yeah. you we'll cast Jim Carrey as, we'll or Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> one or the other. I'm sure Jerry Seinfeld Not fits nicely into a teen comedy. <laughs> yeah. What is the deal with homework? Okay. <laughs> You're not working on your home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so mine is um, very much an ensemble cast so you're following around a bunch of of people so like a dazed and confused or you know something like that where it's like a bunch of different you know characters and stuff like that so I wanted to stick to some of the things that you very much have like in a 90s film so we are going to start on the last day of school but I want it to be junior year and not senior year because senior year it's like you have all these separate parties you have obligations and things like that of where you need to be junior year it's just it's the the last day of school you can go out Parents aren't wondering where you are. There aren't parents in my movie. You also feel good going into your senior year. Because your yeah. senior year, you're like, oh, you feel so wistful. You're leaving high school to go to college. But junior year, like, well, we're going to be seniors next year. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be the kings and queens of the school. So, yeah. all right, good call. Good so, detail. So I have I have that. Um, I suppose some of the – now that I say that, most of the people are juniors. I think I'm going to have, just because of the age of some of the actors, I'm going to have um, the jocks – you know, because the jocks are the villains. So I'm going to have them. Not in my movie. Right. Well, yes. But, you know, typically, and again, they probably are football players. They uh, are going to be like seniors. So um, 
to get sort of like my Buffy fandom in there, my like terrible, like popular couple is going to be Sarah Michelle Gellar and David Boreanaz. So they get to be together, <laughs> okay. guys. We're going to get Yay, it. Yay. We did it. So um, they are also going to be the people that are having the house party. So David Boreanaz's parents are out of town. And he kicks his younger sister out so she can't be there because he's going to have, like, a house party. And some of his jock friends are going to be Paul Walker. Paul Walker's coming back. He's I get to back, have guys. him back, which All is right. very exciting. This is, this is great. Yes. And Alexander Skarsgård. You know. Yeah. No, this is my dream movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have Alexander Skarsgård, you know. I think it's becoming my dream movie very, soon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very <yeah>. quickly <laughs> as well. So, yeah. So, you know, he was in Zoolander. You know, he played a dumb model and stuff like that. I feel like it all kind of, like, works out and stuff. And Paul Walker was in so many teen movies like She's All That and Varsity Blues. And so, yeah. So they are going to be um, the jock characters. So they're going to be the the house party, the teen party that you're going to have. Um, at some point at my, you know, teen party, I want to do the big choreographed dance sequence that happens in – teen movies where it's like somehow all of these kids know the exact same dance to the same song which is ridiculous and makes no sense but that is um, a cliche that I want to have so that's my first group of, uh, of people and then I have a couple other sets of people so the sister that David Boreanaz is going to kick out the younger the younger sister um, that's going to be little Jennifer Love Hewitt She's 16 years old at the time. She'd be little, you know, she's like, she's too young. She's probably younger and she'd be kicked out of the house. So she's going to get to have a slumber party. So you get to have your teen slumber party. And she's going to have a slumber party with uh, two, sitter, two sisters. Sorry, One is Morena Baccarin. So we get to her when she's younger. And the other... Firefly age. Or before. A little before. before she's Firefly, 15. Yeah. So she'd be 15 at the time. Really? Yeah. Oh. She's young. And Jordana Brewster, also 15. Both Brazilian, they get to play sisters. So it's like a sister slumber party. And then um, we have one other friend. We're going to have Kristen Bell. We're going to have a blonde in there also. So like the four of them are going to get to have the slumber party. But they're going to probably, you know, go around. So they're going to go to like the video store to rent like some videotapes before they're going to go have their slumber party and like, you know, hang out and have fun. Then I have um, my general group of guys, like normal guys, and my general group of girls. They're going to be separate. Now, in my group of guys, one of them is going to be, like, the typical guy that's decided tonight's the night he's going to tell the girl that he likes her. Mm. Is the girl out of his league? No. Like, they would be friends, and they like each other, but they don't know that the other one likes each other. Okay. So, just tonight's the night that he's going to tell her. But most of the movie, they're separate. Most of the movie, John Cho is my guy. I have an Asian leading man. Um, so John Cho is going to be my guy, and he's going to be with his his friends. Now, one of his friends, Ethan Embry, who is in so many teen movies like yes. Empire Records and Can Hardly Wait, he's going to be stuck working at the video store because he's the friend that's going to be stuck at work on the night that everybody wants to go and have fun and the big party and the last day of school. He's stuck at work. He you wasn't know, even sucks. supposed to be there today. Right, but he's at the video store. Oh, I see where this is coming in. I see we've got the video store people <laughs> coming. To, okay. So he works at the video store, and um, so he's going to be kind of, like, away from them all night, but they can, like, check in with him. Uh, but John Cho is going to be kind of, like, going, like, around town and stuff like that with his two friends. Now, his two friends are going to be Ryan Reynolds 
and Seth Green. Okay. Now this is young Ryan Reynolds. So this is like two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. Ryan Reynolds. So this is like yeah. he's, he's still like youngish. Like, he's yeah. got like a, yeah. So he's Frosted like still tips, he's still maybe. yeah cute, but he's not yeah. So yeah. So him and Seth Green, both very quippy. I feel like they'll be great like little sidekick friends that are just gonna kind of like make jokes all the time and stuff like that, not be as motivated, but. It's a 90s teen movie. We got to have a bet. So they are going to do a bet of whether or not John Cho's actually going to tell her that he likes her. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of things going on, but we're getting all of our cliches in. Okay. I, I don't know if I'm excited that you're doing this episode or if I'm annoyed <laughs> because this is way very, very detailed. Yeah. And you clearly know the genre. <laughs> and I don't. I mean, it's great. It's great that you know the genre, and uh, you've really nailed it so far. Can I ask one quick question? Though? Yes. Who is wearing the puka shells? Which one wears puka shells? Oh, that's probably Brian Reynolds, right? It could be. Yeah, I suppose Ethan Embry could also be wearing them. But it, yeah, it could be. It could be Ryan Reynolds. It's not written down there. No, I don't. I don't have um, the puka shells on here, which was like a huge oversight by me. Should we just shut the whole thing down right now? Yeah, we got to take a break. We're okay. gonna re- redo everything. All right. No, we're not taking. A break. No, that's okay. I okay. know who's wearing the puka shells. Who is it? Is it your next character? Has yet untold? No, it's somebody in the background. But that's like. So, like. I was just kind of like walking around, like not really important, just like background kind of things, you know, at the video store. that's what store. you want to do when you're building your perfect movies. You want to have people walking around in the background. Well, like details. You like yeah. slip in, you know, things, you know, and stuff like that. So huge in 90s teen films, Freddie Pinch Jr. and Matthew Lillard. I don't want either of them just as big parts. They've done it like they've done it all. I just want them to be in the background. I just want you to look at a scene and see that Freddie Prince Jr. is like in the background at the video store or Matthew Lillard is like in the background of like a concert just like trying to get or something like that. Matthew Lillard is wearing the, wearing the puka okay. shells. Absolutely, it's Matthew Lillard. I just love the idea of like, they've done it all, guys. They're going to be the background characters. They've, this is like their victory lap. They're like retiring. They're going to walk it off. They've been popular kids. Yeah. Matthew Lillard was on like the MTV show and she's all that. They've both, you know, they've done Wing Commander. They've done it all. They've done it, guys. Yeah. We've done it. So, um, yeah, that's just a detail in the background okay. that's like funny for me that they don't have the, the main roles, that they're just like walking around. And you stuff. cut to them and go, is that, is that Freddie Prince Jr.? <laughs> pretty sure, pretty sure it's Freddie Prince, but he's not credited, so you can't look it up. You'll never know. You have to rent it on VHS and rewind it and pause it. All right, what else? Anyway, so that's my that's my group of guys. Ethan Embry is stuck working at the video store. John Cho is going to tell his dream girl that night. Ryan Reynolds and Seth Green are his friends that are kind of like going around with him and stuff like that as they hang about um, before they get to like the party. You know, we're killing time before you get to the party. So, um, my girl group. So I have my girl group. So my girl like the girl that John Cho is going to tell that he likes uh, is Christina Hendricks. Ooh. Young Christina Hendricks. Um, what lo- what caused you to land on her? I like her, and she hasn't done, like I've picked a lot of people um, that did a lot of like teen films like at this time, and so they've kind of played different roles. Um, so like Ethan Embry, you know, he worked at a record store, and he was kind of like, you know, the like kind of offbeat guy. And then he also is, like, the main guy who's going to profess his love. Um, 
and can hardly wait so I didn't want to like choose him and like you know Seth Green has been like in a lot of things and Ryan Reynolds has kind of that role I guess in two guys in a pizza place so that's why I chose John Cho I'm like I want somebody different and like you know he would have been famous for like the MILF thing but then since then he's proven himself in a lot of different things and like my other friends um they like you know like they've done some stuff and everything like that but I I really like her and I think it'd be fun to see like a young Christina Hendricks do this I would I, I agree yeah yeah so I like her and I'd okay. like to see her do more so yeah so Christina Hendricks now um you're just you're just weaving such a web of of all these actors and characters and plots coming together I love it yeah so right. then um her friends she has three you know girlfriends um and they're gonna kind of like hang out at um uh the house and like get ready and stuff like that and like they're gonna have mtv on because it's the 90s so we're gonna have mtv on we've got music videos and stuff like that so her three friends are paula Patton, young paula Patton, who was also not doing stuff at the time so i'd like to see her do stuff when she was younger elizabeth banks who also kind of didn't like come up until like later she should have been around and gabrielle union who i think is so beautiful and very much was in movies like at the time i mean like bring it on was in like 2000 so that came out a little bit later um but she was also in 10 things i hate about you so yeah so i've got i've got my my girl group okay. and um they are going to do the makeover they're gonna give christine hendrix the makeover that we would have in the movie but the guy is already into her so the fact that she has a makeover is just gonna you know like maybe turn him off a little bit well no i feel like it could make her look pretty but he's already into her so mm -hmm. that's not changing his mind it's just that like tonight's the night and she's gonna look so beautiful when she gets there okay you know so it's like so it, they're not gonna like super make her over but she might be like have light makeup earlier on in the movie and then and then she's gonna get, get to it, like, like oh like that's the christina serious, hendrix like the serious yeah. makeover yes okay yeah, but I like that he's already into her, so it's not like, oh, it's not like the Grease thing where it's like, okay, we're going to change. I mean, he was into her also, but, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's not like, oh, they can be together now. It's like, no, he liked her before, yeah. but now, it's like, on this night, she's also going to have had a makeover. Mm -hmm. um, but that could also present an issue as well. I don't know if this is in there. I feel like her with the makeover could be giving – could mean there's a lot of other male attention – maybe creating a little bit of drama in it there could. that's in like the sequel though i don't want to get into that and i've got a lot going on already oh okay it's All john right. cho's night it becomes his night but there but there can be a little bit of like tension along the way where maybe somebody else is like hey look at janet over there and you know john cho's like oh yeah oh, she looks great and everything and so there could be a little bit of like Ooh, maybe he won't do it. Maybe he'll chicken out, or maybe, maybe she'll go after bit, somebody maybe else. Maybe he gets yeah. a little bit nervous, but yeah. no, they're getting together. Okay. This is the romance I of you. it. I mean, this is where we're headed, but I just mean we got to yeah. talk about what we get there. And she isn't dating the alpha guy. I wanted to stop that because that's like a huge cliche where the dream girl, who's like the totally like normal but beautiful girl, is dating like the like worst guy ever for some reason, and then she's gonna fall for our normal main character, and I never understood that. So she's not with anybody. So we're getting rid of that. Um, but yeah, so that's that. They're going to get ready at their house. They're going to like hang out, you know, as friends. Um, and uh, they're going to like do the makeover at the house. So that's like the my two separate groups. And I have one more group. Okay. Okay. So I have, like, yeah, I have my junior guys and my junior girls, you know, and I have like my popular kids and stuff. And then I have like the young, you know, like my younger girls. So, um, 
I also have like another group of like younger um, guys that are going to a concert because there's always like a band playing in all of these movies and um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have like several friends that are trying to find that like one of them is trying to find their brother to get their concert tickets because they're going to a concert. So they would also be younger. So I have um, little Ben Foster. It had been around like flash forward time. And I have Heath Ledger. We're going to bring back Heath Ledger. And um, I have little Ryan Gosling uh, who is trying to find his older brother, which would be Ryan Reynolds back to the other group it ties into the other group to try to find their green day ticket so they're all trying to go see green day but they need to get tickets from a brother and we don't have cell phones yet so we can't get to him so or they don't have cell phones anyway and so yes yeah, so they're trying to find his older brother all night so they're like going around and they're going to go to places and they can stop by the video store and looking for his brother and stuff so yeah so that it can end you know we can end with like a concert and we can have like songs and stuff um do you have a time da -da, yeah da -da -da -da. yeah mm -hmm. great stuff Classic Green Day at that time, 95? Yes. Oh, yeah. So. Huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are, my, those are my groups. A lot of groups. Yeah. A lot of great people. Yeah. You've done some necromancy as well. It's my dream. It so is. So we're going to bring back Heath Ledger because we'd all course. wish we could see more Heath Ledger. And I'm so sad that Paul Walker died. And we're going to bring him back for yeah. the 90s. So. Okay. Yeah. So we've got a lot of people. So that's the plot. So the plot is you got a bunch of different things, and it's like a, it's sort of the last day of school. I mean, that's the main. Yeah, it's piece last day of, of school. It. We've yeah. got the party. We've got, we've got like the, the guy party, who's gonna press his love, yeah. the guy who's stuck at work, yeah, and all that stuff. So we've got we've bouncing got a, around. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've mentioned your cast. I also have a cast as okay. well. Okay. So we're gonna have a main character who's gonna be kind of maybe somebody who's not. I don't think the best player, but okay. he's going to have enough talent, and he's also going to have issues with the ladies, potentially, as well. Maybe he's a good student, He but, but he can't be the best because he has to grow. Right, of course. So he has to grow to be the best, and he has to also be balanced out with some of the issues he's having at school with women. And that character is going to be played by Jason Biggs. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I just, All right. for some reason, maybe I just had American Pie on the brain uh -huh. when we discussed this. No, you've seen one teen film and you've decided to build that teen film. Yeah. Okay. Just American Pie with baseball. Okay. All right. So because he's not like the fittest guy. Okay. But. He's athletic enough at that particular time, right. maybe say mid to late 90s a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's always got to be a girl, of course. Yes. And in this case, the girl he's in love with is played by Amy Smart. Okay. Okay. Because I feel like she is just in terms – she's not like a bombshell. She seems very – I feel like she's a, attractive for real life, but maybe not in like Hollywood. She's not like, oh, she's girl know, Amy store. Smart. Yeah. And so I think that that is – because Cameron Crowe has this sense of realism, mm -hmm. I feel like, that he wants to portray. I mean, it, within his fantastical stories of sports agents and, you know, crazy things. But his romantic leads are not these prototypically beautiful women, I feel like. You look at Kirsten Dunst or Renee Zellweger. I mean, they're not like 
oh my gosh, it's Angelina Jolie in her prime or it's something like that. So I feel like they may argue with you, but well, okay, but it's, it's, <laughs> all right, calm down. Um, so Amy Smart is the girl that he's chasing after, and so he's having trouble maybe reaching out to this girl or noticing or having her notice who she is. And so he has to go, he talks with his coach. Um, that coach is played by Jay Moore. <laughs> okay. All right. Because I feel like he's got a whip, you know, he, he, he's very smartly funny. I think that he's, yeah. he's, he's got the right tone for that Cameron Crowe dialogue. Yeah. And I think he would look good in a hat. Plus, he's a sports fan, so I think he's. I, I think that he would go after the role, and I feel like it would be very realistic that you think this. Because when I think of high school baseball, just in my own experience, we had our head coach uh, who had not played for a while, but all the assistant coaches were people who had played for him. So we had an infield coach who was an infielder for him maybe three or four years prior. Or a pitching coach who had pitched for him, you know, five, ten years ago. And so Jay Moore around that time would be the type of guy who a few years out of high school, maybe it's not a big high school program. Maybe he's trying to build it up from the ground up. He's a younger coach at that time. Mm -hmm. So he could be it, – it would seem realistic to me that he would have this role. Um, and then, of course, you have to have your maybe guy he's feuding with on the team – or potentially an outside sport, someone who also is fighting over Amy Smart. And uh, as I was thinking about this, mm -hmm. I thought of somebody who I thought was so perfect that I just laughed and I laughed when I thought of it. Okay. <laughs> and the jock bad guy okay. is Bobby from Twin Peaks, Dana Ashbrook. <laughs> Yeah. Because he basically is just playing that character okay. on Twin Peaks. Yeah. The old series. And just has a very dark look to him. Very sinister. His eyebrows go in a, in, in, in a direction. I feel like they're very down, sort of just naturally. So it gives him this look like he's kind of always scowling. And that particular role in Twin Peaks, he was just an asshole all the time. It seems like so. I feel. I mean, yeah, he had some redeeming no, it's moments. No, good. But like he. No, but I. I feel like that's good because he's also like a like a pretty boy who's just yeah. kind of like you know he's good at playing a teenager. Yeah, right. That's that's a really good. So choice. you would think that that would be the person that she would go for, but eventually she would understand that he was a a tool and maybe not the the person for him. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't. You know, they had her and Jason Biggs end up having music taste in common like oh you like the pixies too or oh i can't believe you like tom waits or something like that because with cameron crow it's always got to be about music, music yeah. yeah that is the entry point to his films is the music yes. um and my last character is the principal because there's always like a hip principal you think maybe somebody he could connect with and the principal for the school is played by 90s era Robert Downey Jr. Because, and let me tell you why. So okay. I used to watch Allie McBeal when I was younger. And, well, okay, let me take that back. I only really started watching Allie McBeal when Robert Downey Jr. was on. For some reason, I had a fascination with him in, like, 1996 or 1997. Like, just 
the time maybe after he had gotten in trouble the second time mm -hmm. and was trying to rehabilitate his career. When I he was on Ally McBeal, it's honestly one of my favorite TV performances ever because there was something so magnetic about him and so just interesting that when he left the screen, you would follow him and you wouldn't necessarily look at terms of what was good. And that was how I was describing it at the time. And I would have casted him in almost anything. Um, in fact, I had this idea in my brain for a really long time through high school of making a four part film series about my time in high school and making the cast super eclectic. So it was my group of friends and it was like, I would be played by Robert Downey Jr. of course. I had a friend that would be played by John Goodman. I had a friend that would be played by Jason Alexander. But the idea being you would come for this crazy cast to see how everybody fit together, but you would stay because the story was so good. And so that was what my idea was to have this four part high school story with these older people playing your high school parts, basically playing me and my friends. Um, so I really wanted to cast him in that because I just loved him in that sort of thing. So it would make sense that he would try to play this wise sage principal who's again, maybe just a few years out of the game and a few years, uh, you know, as the principal. And so knows a lot about what's going on personal relationship wise um, and could be that sort of this gives this you know these wonderful pieces of advice that could also apply to baseball as well you know whether he says swing away or something like ask the girl out but then he swings away in the in the game and he ends up hitting a home run and chipping his tooth or something like that I don't know oh, um, okay but, uh, but yeah so I think that 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 particular cast speaks to what Cameron Crowe would be trying to do with that movie and mm -hmm. also what I would really think could be gotten out of that movie with the particular characters. So they don't go to a Green Day concert, but <laughs> I still think that you can create this tale of coming of age and of growing yeah. up and becoming uh, you know maybe it's not maybe not a star baseball player but a contribute you know someone who contributes and maybe yeah. that's the story maybe that's something that you don't always have to hit a home run sometimes it's okay to hit a single or a double okay so, there you go that's my uh that's the the meat i think of my of my baseball story from the 90s all right yeah so now that we have our actors and stories and plots and things like that especially with my particular filmmaker um there's always got to be a soundtrack you always got to have songs that mean a lot from the time or um could do more to add to the richness of the story and so being cameron crow there is a lot of songs to choose from because he kind of makes his movies and then decides which song or he, he decides the songs and then decides to make the movie around it mm -hmm. so my first song that of course would be in it is this particular ditty what? 
Maybe it would just maybe it would just be in the trailer. Okay. I'm not All really right. sure, but this song just screams. This this is Peter Gabriel Salisbury Hill. Yes. Uh, that is just in every single one of his trailers, and just yes. that's what it screams. Everybody knows this. What song this is? Mm -hmm. but. So that's the first one. Okay. Yep. Everybody okay. knows. Okay. Okay. So that's my first one, um, and just because it really just reminds me so much of him. And the next one, you had a song from the particular time period. Um, and let me see if I can find it on here. Here it is. Okay. Yeah. So this song is a very 90s mm -hmm. yes. song, very interesting style. And this would be the party scene this would be maybe they graduated and this would be the song that maybe when they kiss who knows maybe this is the first time when they i don't know who knows the, the lyrics don't really speak to that but i think that it's kind of an interesting uh interesting thing uh and then the last one because he's always got to pull from something that is older i feel like uh maybe going back into the 70s or something like that find sort of a strange time to put this in and you're sort of like mm, okay i don't really i don't really agree with that there but um this is it would be a whole lot of love by led zeppelin you know maybe the girl he sees the girl for the first time um you know there could be anything really but this would be a way to incorporate a song from the time period that he loves 60s 70s era and he would have that so those are my three songs we got salisbury hill we got a whole lot of love by led zeppelin and we've got my own worst enemy by lit so those are my three songs for my soundtrack and i think that it creates the eclectic look at baseball and at life and at love that cameron crow would want to do in this particular film so all right what do you got so um because you know uh Green Day at the time would have come out with Dookie. Um, I would want Basket Case and She um, to kind of play. Why She? Just because I like. I feel like it. It reminds me of that time and stuff. And so, Not a yeah. huge hit though. I mean, that's so, that, so it's personal to you. I just like that song. Yeah, it's a great song. It makes me think of yeah of the nineties. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I have that. And so how I actually wanted to. Um, I thought about how to incorporate the music in my movie because music is such uh, an important part of like 90s films. The soundtrack was always like really important. Uh, I owned a lot of movie soundtracks from the 90s. And um, so I, I figured uh, that I, I worked at Blockbuster Video and um, we would have these little promo CDs. Um, and they probably had tapes in the 90s, I'm guessing, since I didn't work there in the 90s. Um, but it would just, you know, it would be like ads, and so it would be like for movies that are coming up, and they would show music videos. And so I figured that would be a good way to incorporate it, is like we have like at the video store, we can have like songs like through there, so it would show music videos, so that's one way to incorporate it. Is this that people could buy, or this was stuff you'd play at the video store as like, hey, come and rent this movie, and here's some cool songs from it. Right, it would just be playing in the video store. Okay, so it wasn't so, like something that people could buy and take No, it would be like okay. how at Tilly's you would show music videos and stuff right. like that. So it's just something that's like playing so that it's not like silent when you're, you know, shopping, just like mm -hmm. how there's music playing at the grocery store. So, but I figure out what way to incorporate it into the movie is like there's um, music videos um, playing at the video store to kind of incorporate, you know, from like scene to scene. 
um, the watching MTV because MTV music videos was such a big thing at the time as well. So like um, I'd have that and I have the concert. So I have three different ways to kind of weave the soundtrack into the movie to have it like kind of, you know, like be, be smoother with it. So I do have Basket Case and She um, for the, the sh- at the, the concert um, that they eventually get to. I also have um, Waterfalls by mm. TLC because that was so popular. Huge. Hit. Yes. Um, in 1995 and it was the first CD I ever bought actually was TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool so I want to have waterfalls in there you know like with the blockbuster promos and stuff like that you know they had always like hits and stuff so okay and I don't want it to be blockbuster it would just be like a video store, video store let's yeah. just to be clear video yeah, so, king so it's a video store go. you know what I'm going to call it Premiere Video Premiere Video Premiere I like Video it. I like it yeah it was the name okay. of a video store my parents friends anyway um, so yeah so we're going to do that one I want to do Tonight Tonight Red Smashing Pumpkins. Um, that that I had that double album. Yeah. Melancholy, Infinite Sadness. Yes. My, because there was some. It was at the time. It was the hardest rocking CD that I had. <laughs> which yeah. is saying something, because there's a lot of slow songs on there, mm-hmm. but there was also like you know, it was the first time that I really knew what angst was, because like. Did you say angst? Angst, yeah. Okay. Angst. Angst, yeah. All right. Ang- well. I heard it as yes. angst. And so when I would tell people about, or like when oh, I Oh, maybe that, are you talking about a song specifically? No, 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 I'm talking about like A-N-G-S-T, like angst. Like, so when I heard that, because that, that's how my mom would pronounce it. She pronounced it angst. And so I heard it as O-N-X. And so I would always tell people like, oh, something, 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 when I was typing emails or I was on instant messenger, like, oh, I think it's a lot of angst or whatever. And that's how I spelled it was O-N-X. Do you mean like teen angst? Yeah, but uh, she pronounced it angst, so I- search me i don't know that was my Is your mom's so hip i guess so that was into that, that that was the into it there so it's like you know it was my first time saying oh the world is a vampire oh what is this you know <laughs> like this is so this is so dark and mm-hmm. cool and hip and oh the music video look at all these people falling down a hill mm-hmm. and stuff so that 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 <laughs> album specifically really says 90s to me so i'm glad you have something on there from it yes um, so I have those, and then um, I would like to incorporate also Spiderwebs by No Doubt. I love that song. It's a fun song. Yeah, Very it's a fast song. And then, um, you know, because there's, like, other music and stuff like that, uh, I feel like Jagged Little Pill was very popular. So it's like if you wanted to, you could incorporate Alanis Morissette. Um, Not and, I- ironic. Well, like, just, yeah, it could be It could be anything. It could be any really, of those. Any, from, any I mean, she song. had so many yeah. hits off, you know off that that album and stuff like that and then i what i do not have um on here is in sync which meant a lot you know to me at the time but they became famous really after 1995 and i would like to incorporate them um in some way but i did not select a song but i can't imagine having uh like a dream like teen 90s comedy without including um in sync well, in there in we, some way yeah. so um do it one of yeah, one of their songs would have to be in there, even if it's ironically. I'll just I'll have it. You know. No, it doesn't have to be ironically. It meant a lot to you. It was perfect. No, it did. I would just yeah, I would like perfect, one of their songs in there. Yeah. It's popular. It's mm-hmm. hugely like it's it it's a major factor in '90s pop culture and boy bands. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. So it would almost be a disservice for you not to put them in there. Yeah. So I'd like a song of theirs in there, but I did not select which song. Um. So yeah, so those are those are my songs, and I think the only thing that I haven't mentioned for my list of what I wanted to incorporate 
um, where there were actors and stuff that I, I wanted to have in, but I didn't really have like a slot to, you know, like put them in. But I thought that they could be um, like a funny small part, like at the video store characters or other places and things like that. And uh, one would be Idris Elba, who had been 23 years old at the time. An unknown Idris yes, Elba. Yes, like I think it would be fun to see young Idris Elba. Um, one would be Tia Carrera, because she would have been, you know, like Wayne's World. You know, I feel like so many guys would have thought that she was hot and stuff like that. So she would have been 28. So it's like hard to cast her in like the teen film then. It's like, well, maybe she could work at the video store or something with Ethan Embry. But yeah, so I would have wanted her in there. Maybe she could be the opening band for Green Day. Oh, yeah, her band? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That would be great. Nailed it. Um, And then, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Um, I have Nathan Fillion, a young 24-year-old Nathan Fillion in there somewhere. Reunited with Marina Backer and the 15-year-old. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, boy. Um, and then I have young John Hamm, 24-year-old John Hamm, who was on an episode of Alan Beale was labeled he? Gorgeous Guy in bar or something like that but that was funny that you mentioned that and he was actually on all i feel and he would be 24 and i feel like that could be fun as well so yeah so those are kind of like the the smaller parts and stuff like that but yeah that's what i want i want to have kind of all of these uh, like the good parts that i like of the like 90s teen cliches together with sort of my dream cast um all together so that's that's my movie and how i would incorporate the music and everything and I want to see this movie. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking of 24-year-old John Hamstein. Okay. All right. <laughs> well. All right. Well, that's it then. We built it from the ground up. We got your foundation. You got your walls. <laughs> Maybe there's a second or story. Or a writer and <laughs> actors and songs. It's all metaphorical, like films. Um, but we did it. We did it from the ground up. We hope you in really enjoyed this episode. And really want to do more. So there's a lot of cool stuff that we can do and that we're planning on doing. So if you want to be a part of it, let me know when you speak to me in person. Or you can <laughs> uh, go on Twitter and find us. I haven't been giving out our Twitter account. Uh, and I've sadly been neglecting it lately. But McCarran Pod is on Twitter at mcepodnet. That's mcepodnet. And you can also reach us McCarranPod at gmail.com. Casey, uh, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> no, or you can call him at 818. Okay, hold okay. back it off. All okay. right, let's just let's back right. it off. So, yeah, we'd love to uh, to get your feedback on the show. We're really excited to be bringing it to you because it's been rattling around in my brain, and I'm so happy that we're able to get it out there and get it in the world for people to listen to it. So we hope you really enjoyed it. We hope you'll get us back uh, any way we can on social media, of course, on Facebook as well. And uh, we will be coming at you yet again another time talk to you soon bye bye